Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MRP Tech Podcast. This is episode 174. My name is Matt, and thanks again for joining us this week on the podcast. This week, I'm trying something a little bit different, and you won't notice it on the audio feed, hopefully, but I am uh, providing a sort of uh, experimental video feed here uh, on the YouTube channel, and um, something I've wanted to do for a while, and just trying something a little bit different here today, and uh, maybe I'll continue it in the future. We'll see how today goes and kind of go from there. Normally, the podcast is an audio only. Um, today, we have like a supplemental video that uh, I'm going to uh, produce with it and and see how it goes. So I've talked a lot of that lately on the podcast about uh, iPad Pros recently what uh, the last week's episode was um, basically guessing on what the next model of iPad Pro will bring to the table. And today I kind of want to talk uh, a lot about productivity on tablets and my struggle with tablets uh, going way back to when tablets first came out. So the first tablet that I had years ago was an Android tablet. It was a Toshiba Thrive. And I've brought this up on the podcast before. Um, and it was sort of my introduction to tablets. Now, if you have ever owned a Toshiba Thrive, this thing was massive. Uh, it was big and bulky. What was great about it is the back panel was completely removable. It was customizable. And uh, you could very easily replace the battery if you wanted to do that. Um, and so there was lots of options with it uh, that I found interesting. Um, you know, it had SD card slot on it for uh, expanded storage. And right away, I the problems that I came into with this was not that it was underpowered, um, but but um, it was running Android 3.1 at the time, and um, updates to the Android operating system were few and far between. Um, I had the tablet for over a year, and um, it was way behind everything else at the time. Um, the, the cameras on it weren't great. Uh, the speakers weren't really all that great, but it did have uh, the HDMI port that was that was very useful, and uh, the non-slip grip on it was definitely something that um, got me interested in tablets. The problem was there wasn't really a whole lot of really great apps that ran well on it, um, in in my opinion. So eventually. Uh, I ended up selling the tablet and I picked up the Samsung Galaxy Note 8. And this was a sort of spur of the moment purchase. I went into a, a Staples and they had crazy sales going on. Um, this was, I believe, uh, normally a $350 tablet and it was it was on sale close to $250 or something like that and a really great um, great sale that sort of wasn't advertised online it was just sort of an in-store uh, meant to get you to uh, impulse buy so to speak and um, I was in the market for a new tablet and I thought you know this Eight-inch screen is is big enough for what I, I didn't want a huge screen, um, and it had um, 
16 gigs of memory in it, two, two gigs of RAM, which was an improvement from the Thrive. And it came in the, the black and the white version. I believe I had the white version of this. And um, got a nice case for it, a little prop-up case for it. Uh, got a huge micro SD card and um, really wanted to back up store, you know, have lots of storage in it. And um, had the most modern up-to-date version of Android on it and um, came with the stylus that I really uh, didn't use a whole lot but it was it was certainly um, handy to have a stylus at the time didn't work all that great um, but it was definitely a step in the right direction so when I purchased this was right around the time where I started um, I I not sure if I had a smartphone at the time or was interested in a smartphone, but uh, I would carry this around everywhere I went because it was my media consumption device for podcasts. So I watched a lot of video podcasts at the time and the eight inch form factor was really great. Um, if I was sitting in a car waiting or if I was um, sort of at work on lunch or something like that, I could uh, easily pop open this and plug it into a stereo or the aux port on my car or something like that and um, and be listening to my podcasts along the way. Um, Samsung had all of their own apps the, that they called the S apps, I believe, at the time. Um, I didn't really use a whole lot of them. This tablet introduced me to BeyondPod, which is the Android um uh, podcasting app of choice that I always loved back in the day. It allowed me to back up all the podcasts, um, or excuse me, download all the podcasts onto that external SD card and it didn't use any of my internal storage. So it was kind of great because I had hundreds of podcasts that I listened to and, um, I could keep them until I was ready to listen to and it didn't really affect me because I had the larger SD card. Um, right around this time is when Android really switched up what you could put on an SD card and what you had to keep internal on internal storage. And um, ultimately, again, uh, I sort of struggled with what to do with it other than having it be a media consumption device. And... Um, it was sort of very limited in, in what I really wanted to do with it. So I, I sort of passed on it again, and I ended up selling it on eBay. And um, the one of the major reasons why I sold it is uh, because I, at the time, I was just purchasing, purchasing sound equipment for my band, and I really wanted a tablet that could... Um, I could that could run my sound system remotely and so I ended up trading it and I, I sold it on eBay and I purchased my first iPad mini now the iPad mini was sort of the same form factor it was, I mean it's not exactly the same but it's a smaller screen uh, same spec 16 gigs I had to sacrifice a whole lot with uh, no external storage with with the SD card um, and I found out real quick that 16 gigs wasn't a whole lot. Uh, this is when I had to transfer to Downcast for, for podcasts. And Downcast was not necessarily my favorite podcasting app right away. The biggest drawback with it was with, with BeyondPod is I could set it automatically to download my podcast like at 6 in the morning 
I'd get up and, and be on my way for school and I'd have all my podcasts downloaded and ready to play. You can't do that with um, iPads. So it was a big change. And um, there was some other uh, give and take as well with the iPad mini, but it did all of the music things that I needed to do, which was run the sound system remotely. Um, again, I seem to have always struggled with tablets and what to do besides uh, just just one or two sp- very specific things other than being a media consumption device. And um, ultimately, I ended up upgrading the iPad um, because I was on an older version of the iPad mini. I ended up upgrading to iPad mini 2, which I had for years. And um, I really enjoyed it until it was basically no longer supported. Um, it, things started running very slowly on it. And um, eventually I upgraded to the 9.7 iPad Pro. And that's when I started to see some real differences in what you could do with with tablets. And it has been sort of a an ongoing thing with me that I've I've always wanted to have um, an Android device and um, years a few years ago I talked about on the podcast that I um, around Christmas time was able to pick up a Amazon Fire HD 8 um, the and it was you know $39 or something like that and I wasn't expecting anything super great. Um, actually this may have been more expensive. It may have been the $79 range, um, slightly more, more advanced than the, the seven. I believe that's, that was the price. And, uh, it, looking on the screen at $79.99 at Amazon back then. And I was happy that I had something running some version of Android for a while, and I experimented with F-Droid, downloading apps, and the Kindle um, version of Android just wasn't the same for me. It wasn't really something that I got into. Um, playing games on it was was often hit or miss. Uh, you could put the Google Play Store on it. Only certain apps would work, um, and it would be great for kids to use. But again, the tablet thing just seemed to miss the mark with me. And I ended up, um, I, I sold this on, on Facebook, I think. Um, I, I don't remember, for $25 or something like that I sold it for. And it made somebody pretty happy that they were able to pick one up because theirs had broken. And so I was happy to, to uh, pass it along because I didn't really have a use for it. And that's sort of the thing that I've struggled with for a while is other than consuming media, what are tablets good for? And I've mentioned a lot recently that I'm working on this huge project and for very specific things, the iPads are, are, are great. Any tablet I should say is great for um, doing a specific task and it really came down to, you know, if I'm using this for a business, I have specific needs that iPads are, are great for. Uh, in my case, it's, it's PDF reading um, music scores. And boy, they do a great job of that. 
but if I'm using a, a tablet in a personal life, what are some things that I can do to sort of increase productivity? And I've, I've done this search on Google many times, you know, what am I getting wrong with tablets and why am I not able to do the things that I can do on a laptop on an iPad? And so the idea, I've searched this and, and the, the, the results are, are almost laughable at certain points. Um, you know, for iPad, you know, turn on Siri so you can use your voice settings or um, use drag and drop for multiple it- moving my- mobile items around uh, your your iPad. Um, things like long pressing on the apps and getting and getting more features. I mean, these are really simple things that don't really make product, make the, your iPad more prod, uh, more productive and even things like using the the um, uh, slide over feature where you can have two apps open side by side on a, on the Apple iPad Pros unless you have a, a bigger screen yes that's that's handy for certain things but I, I I'm still struggling to find those productive things. Now, one of the things that I found shocking actually was that um, for that iPad Pro 9.7 inch, I bought a Zag keyboard and I wasn't expecting to use it very much. And I will say that when you purchase a keyboard to go along with a tablet, it really will make a night and day difference to, to be able to type much quicker than you can by just tapping on the screen, at least in my perspective. So that's one thing that I have found that makes a tablet such as an iPad much more um, work-friendly, much more user-friendly, and a lot of you know tablets, even Android tablets, you can uh, either connect a mouse or have a, a Bluetooth mouse and you'll have a pointer on the screen. I'm not sure I really like the way Apple's setup for um, using a Bluetooth mouse works. It's it's not like a traditional um, desktop with a mouse. It's it's uh, there are some things you can do and and some things you can't. So, um, but but buying a keyboard definitely will help. And now, what I, when I bought a, the Zag keyboard for my iPad 9.7. Um, I, I found myself looking for a, a touchpad and um, it just it didn't exist. So I'd often would find myself pushing on the keyboard, trying to, you know, trying to find where my trackpad would be and then realizing, oh, you, you idiot, you're on your iPad. There's no, there's no touchpad for iPad. So um, there's, there's all of these different things that are sort of setting you up to, to be more productive. Um, and I think, just about all of them fall flat. And whether it's cloud storage, using Google Drive or iCloud, using your email, and I'll tell you why in just a second. The idea here is you should be able to do everything by now on an iPad or or tablet that you can do on a laptop. And to some extent you can, but you're very limited. I'll, I'll give you an example of Gmail. The Gmail app on iPad is pretty good. You can switch between different Gmail accounts. 
I have several different th things that I'm always working on and I'm using different Gmail accounts. And I can switch back and forth very easily. The problem is that there's no integration with um, you, any of your settings in your contacts. So for instance, I in my contacts, I have groups of people that I email all the time. I can't, I don't have access to any of those. So I can't type in uh, group one and try to send an email to group one. I have to type in their addresses all specifically. Now it doesn't make a difference if it's like three or four people you're emailing, but if it's 20, then typing in 20 different emails and making sure you don't forget somebody that's just not um, okay with me. So on, an, on a laptop, I can log into Gmail, I can type in group one, and I, I know that it's it's getting there. Um, so um, cloud storage, we're limited on space. Um, I just abandoned Dropbox. I was paying 12 bucks a month for Dropbox storage. Uh, Google Cloud, you know, you have a limited amount there. iCloud, you have a limited amount of storage there. For most people, it's probably going to be okay, but I found any cloud solution that you're using on iPad, it, it's very slow to load, and um, you're just, it's just not user-friendly for me, for any anything that I'm, I'm doing. A lot of times when I'm trying to import music from, say, Dropbox into a Fourscore app to read these PDFs, um, Dropbox will fail to to um, to download the PDF, and then it's it's fighting for forty minutes trying to get a file to uh, import into the app. So these are simple things that um, I'm making uh, a big deal about because I, I often struggle with this with tablets. I have found that um, with the larger screen and going, just taking a step back, it's not just tablets that I have this problem with. Um, I have the same issue with Chromebooks, uh, a very limited number of apps that are well-designed, that are, are um, easy to use, that work well, and uh, that are fast. And Chromebooks are, especially when you're working in a school district, Chromebooks are seriously underpowered. And it would it, they're great for very basic things, working on Google Docs, um, you know, uploading files to Google Drive, anything Google-related, Gmail. Sure, they're going to work great. Are they going to work as, as well as a pro-line model of something? No. And the thing that I have always fought is you you basically pay for what you get. And uh, when I've bought something cheap, I have usually paid twice because I have usually had to buy something um, again that's that that will work better. And as, which is why I sold my Chromebook uh, when I used to have a Chromebook. I bought it specifically to fool around and see if I could get Linux working on it, which I did after I succeeded with it. Um, it worked well. I would constantly lose network connection. And so uh, eventually I did the crouton thing where you could switch back and forth between Chrome OS and uh, Ubuntu. And that was kind of fun for a day or two and realized that everything was very slow and bogged down. And um, anytime that I was using the network uh, after an update, the network would lose out. So eventually I went back to Chrome OS and realized I don't really like Chrome OS. And so... Um, then I sold the Chromebook. So um, these these smaller screen devices, 
uh, that are underpowered have always been an issue for me. And up until recently, um, I've had this issue and things have slowly been getting better over the years. And there are apps where you have to pay now for these types of um, full on features. And there, there's things like Yoink and all these other apps that uh, Microsoft Office where you're paying $7 a month for something like that. Um, the the prices for apps are, are now going up. I was trying to recommend an app for somebody um, the other day. When I bought the app, it was like $3.99, $4.99, something like that. Now the app is $14. Um, the, the prices are just getting outrageous for certain things. Um, but I have found, and, and I'm sure I'm kind of complaining a little bit, but I have found that um, with the lower power tablets, you're, you're not going to get as far, um, like Kindle Fire. I'll tell you what's great about that Kindle Fire, going back to, um, going back to the, the Kindle Fire now just for a second. What was great about this, my favorite part of the Kindle Fire was um, that because it's owned by Amazon, you, um, one of, in one of the menus uh, in the uh, Fire OS, had a specific spot for audiobooks. So I pulled in all of my stuff from Audible, um, which is also owned by Amazon. So it would have been a great audiobook reader. Now, the idea behind that, though, is I already had an audiobook uh, player. I used my iPhone uh, when I'm in the car. So the Fire really wasn't something that I really wanted to use as an audiobook player, but it was a good feature. Uh, so a very low-powered device that could do something useful. Again, it's media consumption though. So what are we going to do besides media consumption? Now the the pro models I have found are, are definitely um, coming a long way. And one of the things that um, I really enjoy about iPad is... Um, the battery life. It's just incredible. Um, I, I was talking about this grant that I've been working on and the iPads, um, you know, I think I, I bought one maybe a few weeks ago and I've charged it, uh, maybe a month now. It's been a month. I think I've charged it one time. Um, I've used it, um, off and on and, um, uh, it's, it's got, I say a 10 hour battery life and, I'm sure Samsung and, and Android devices have come a long way since I started using them back, uh, back in the day. Um, and so this isn't a, a, an Android versus iOS statement at all, but um, the Proline Apple iPads are have really great battery life. And um, something that I've seen makes them more usable, um, not only the, the keyboards, but just having a slightly bigger screen for me seems to um, want make me want to use it a little bit more and I can do more things. The The iPad Pro 12.9 inch one um, has the ability to have the full desktop sites, which yes, you could change in, in, in um, a drop down menu before on the smaller screen devices, but um, on a small screen, it, it's not really worth that full desktop experience. Um, on the, on the bigger screen, uh, I can do a whole lot more. Um, I can log in to, um, 
my websites and not have an issue on it. I can log into Nextcloud and I can see everything in Nextcloud just fine. And so it is, they are coming a long way. And the point of this is, um, I'm sort of going through 10 years here of, of, of tablet use. And yes, 10 years ago was a different time. Um, but at some point, tablets are going to have to become more than a media consumption device. And I want to get work done. And it's still to me, if I'm getting work done, if I'm going to pull up a Word document or let's say open LibreOffice um, and, and type a, a document, um, I don't want to do it in my iPad still. It doesn't seem natural to me. If I'm audio editing or video editing, the iPad is not a good place to do that. Um, even though you can now connect an iPad um, to an external monitor with USB-C, you can, um, and I'm sure there was adapters to do this before, um, you can, um, you have the ability to plug in flash drives now on, on iPad, which you could do years ago on Android. Um, and it's not that you couldn't on iPad, you just needed this certain adapter to be able to do it. But it all, it all seems like more work than what it needs to be. I don't want to open um, pages or keynote on an iPad and work on a, a slideshow when I have a bigger laptop screen or I have a, um, I know a laptop plugged into a monitor or, or that type of, of thing. So there's a lot of things that seem unnatural when working on an iPad and I don't know how they're going to resolve that other than just forcing people to change to iPads or tablets rather than, um, laptops. And then 10 years or 15 years or 20 years or whatever, when they stop, uh, selling the, the latest, whatever laptop, um, people are going to have to make the switch. I, I know people who record podcasts on iPad. I know people who record audio on pod, on, on iPads. Um, just not a workflow that I'm interested in. Um, and, and people who use GarageBand on iPad. Um, it just seems a whole like a whole lot more work. Um, if you're a photographer or graphics designer, things like um, Photoshop are now available on iPad, making it much more useful for graphics designers. Um, so, so things are coming down the line that I see the change trying to happen. I'm still not convinced. I think tablets are great supplemental devices for for businesses, for schools, for um, specific tasks. So my specific task with my band, um, it's it's uh, educational purposes. It's using a couple of apps f- to help train musicians to be better at things like improvising or um, uh, being able to access uh, PDFs or being able to actually read PDFs in concert. And the so a very specific task. If you're a business person, you probably have an app that you use specifically for your business, but it's not an all around catch all device that I can just carry with me and say, forget everything else I use. Uh, it's just not happening. And I, and, um, I really wish that there was, uh, a, a more positive outlook on my opinion of it. But, um, I see the steps going in a better direction, but it's still, um, you know, when I'm at home, 
and I'm just uh, casually moving around the house. I find myself grabbing uh, my laptop more than I grab the iPad. Um, and the iPad that I use is is now only specifically used for my music business. And um, I'd like to use it more. I'd like to get the my money's worth out of it. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with with um, my thoughts on tablets and the the sort of hope that I have that uh, these will one day become a a much more all around use device than than just a media consumption um, you know scrolling Facebook or whatever your social media of choice is um, I I I really struggle with this and and tell me if you have a a if you're using a tablet and it's 100% your go-to device for everything. I'd love to see what you're doing. I'd love to hear what you're doing. And um, for some people, it probably is. If you're just as somebody who wants to consume media a lot, then I'm sure it will work quite well. But if you're somebody like me who does a lot of different things, maybe there's there's something that I'm missing. Maybe you can fill me in. Send me an email, mrptechreviews at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And um, you don't have to necessarily talk about this show topic. You can just email to say hello, and I'd be happy to hear from you. Uh, It's always great to have feedback from the audience. So that is going to do it for this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time.